Welcome back to Happy Brain. My name is Sean Block. Thank you so much for being here. If it's your first time, welcome. For those of you who are regular listeners, thank you so much. Welcome back. Today we have Dana Seamus, and we're going to talk about some workplace intuition. Now, you don't have to necessarily be a career person or work in the corporate environment to get a lot out of this episode, but if you happen to be, it's a really targeted message of how to tap into your intuition and how that can really help you actually make more money, better annual reviews, better work environment, better meetings, better presentations, using all these different skill sets that you can learn to improve your whole experience at work. And as a bonus, another tip that she shares is a listening meditation. We talk a lot about meditation in different episodes of this show. And this is the first time I've heard of this type of listening meditation where you can do it in a busy airport. So I really connected with this interview today. It flowed. I just, sometimes you just really connect. So I hope that comes through today in this interview. And I'm also going to put a link to my show notes. I have said this a few times, but I really want to know what you want out of this show. I do this out of love. I want to make sure that I'm connecting with you and giving you the information you need to make sure that we're providing something valuable. With that, let's get into this intuition at work episode. Enjoy. Cheers. From studying about you, you know, you worked at Goldman Sachs, you have that kind of that energy of being in that corporate environment. And, and I know one of the things I wanted to ask you too about is how, is about, first of all, how did you find that joy? How did you find into that passion? You talk about, I think in your, pur your purpose in life is to help people find themselves, their highest selves. Usually what I find is it starts with finding your own self, right? So, I mean, before we get into it, we try to talk about like some strategies and tips and experiential things like you talked about, but I'm just curious of, of just for how you got from Goldman Sachs to just finding that passion for helping people find themselves. You know, what's so interesting when people ask me that question is it's not different. I think everybody I knew at Goldman, they were all like, oh, right, yeah, that is you right? Like that is what you did when I met you. So, you know, a lot of this is just who I am, right? Like it is in every situation, every meeting, I'm always the person who's like, and like, how does that bring you happiness? Like, how are you cultivating more of that thing in your life? And that was no different at Goldman, right? Like I was the one that like knew the fun restaurants to go to. I was the one who was going to give you healthy food considerations. Like when you came to me with a complaint, I was going to be like, yeah, you know, that was no different. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. So a lot of times, so it's your personality and your just your general sense of wanting to help people and, and things like that came through. Did you share some of your like spiritual things with people? Like I find that people are in the workplace can be, you know, kind of reserved. They kind of keep themselves. Let's say they're doing a lot of the work you're doing, like going to retreats and all this great stuff. And people tend to like keep that on their own. Like they don't necessarily bring that in the workplace. It's not appropriate. It's this and that. Were you different? Were you more open about your life and what you were doing outside of the office in the office? Yes. And, and that was true in business school too. Everyone knew I was different. I, I think that's pretty consistent throughout my life. They were like, 
even when I was in investment banking, people were like, really? You're an investment banker? Like, huh, that doesn't like <laughs> all sync up together. And now what I find really amazing is that that's what, that's what I support all my clients in doing. So my clients, you know, in their performance reviews consistently, my clients have intuition as a skill set. Their bosses, right? Their managers, the people who are evaluating them recognize that their intuition is on point, that they follow their intuition, and that leads to more success in the business place. And that to me, I'm like, great. How do I do this more? Like, yes. Wow. So, okay. So you you work with these with business people, you know, maybe people like me, people like the some of my colleagues, and you know, maybe their spouse is like really into this stuff or spiritual, and they keep telling them, "Come on, you give give breath work a try, give energy healing a try. It, it will help you financially. It'll help us financially. It's a big thing, like you just mentioned." So, do the people that come to you are again kind of I mastered this before already kind of open to it, or they maybe nudge and they're like, "All right." Something you're doing and teaching people is working. So help me. And how do you get people to get past that reluctance? I throw them in the deep water. And the proof is in the pudding. That's the truth, right? Mm -hmm. Like I, I do have an analytical background. Like I have been in the spiritual world for a really long time. I've tried a lot of things, right? And I'm not going to teach you anything that I know isn't going to work for you. Right. And so what I'm going to give you, I give it to you in a framework that's like, let's try this. Does it work? Doesn't it work? Okay. It doesn't work for you. Let's try C. Right. Like, but most of the time, because I work with my intuition and because I've tried a lot of tools, like I'm going to hand you tools that work for you and yield success. Right. So it's not, you know, we, I think the reluctance is in this idea that it's like an airy fairy, like some people have this, some people don't, you know, some people are good at this and I'm just not good at this or whatever that hesitancy is. And the truth is like, as human beings, we all have intuition, right? We all have an energy field. We all have it, <laughs> you know, just like we all have a heart, we all have a bioenergetic field. It's science. It's not woo-woo, it's studied. There are ways to measure it now. And so the question is, how are you gonna learn how to manage your energy and your energetic field? And usually when I can put it in a frame that they're like, oh, okay. And, and usually there has to be a pain point, right? Like you're super frustrated at your job and you don't know where to go. You get angry all the time at your boss or your colleagues, you know, like there has to be kind of like a pain point mm. for people to initiate change. Okay. Unfortunately. Okay. So I know this HR person in a previous job, really successful, but, but just kind of doesn't really, I think she has a lot more to give and she, she wants more. So she shows up in your office and she says, Dana, okay. My friend, my colleague said, you are the magic person. I'm, I'm open. I'm willing to, to help. What, what's the baby step? What, how do you start with people when they come to you to even build, to start this approach towards an intuition? What do you want? 
What do you desire? What is the more that you are craving? What is the more? I want to be more open at work. I want to be a little bit more expressive. I want to meet more people and network more at work, things like that. I'm tired of just kind of keeping to my lane. Yeah. Awesome. That's fantastic. What, when you, and so I would teach you a meditation practice, right? To step into your heart and to get into that feeling a little bit more, right? Who are these people? What are they like? How do they make you feel? What's that experience like? Are there certain people in your environment right now who match that? Or do you not see them in that environment yet? Yeah, no, those are great questions. And I know she she would tell me that, Sean, there's some people that I really want to reach out to. You know, they they go and have lunch all the time together. They're a nice group. I just feel kind of awkward about kind of interjecting myself. I'm an HR person, so I have to be, you know, I have to have some kind of discretion. So I'm trying to figure out how to balance all of that. And why do you want to go see these people? Why do you want to have lunch with these people? Because, and then she would tell me this because I'd have lunch with her. She would say, Sean, I, I just, there's just more that I, that in my life, that's just, I'm not just an HR person at work. I do all these great things outside of work. I'm interested in, in all these different things. And I just, I'm trying to get from just being just me at work at this, you know, this keeping my lane to more expressive, to be more, I mean, if she heard you talking earlier about being yourself and open, maybe she is more like that outside the office, but she's just afraid to grab it, you know, use it in the office. And so what I would work with her is what that fear is really about. So as an HR person, you know, it is a balance because you do have legal obligations and you do have things in the environment that do limit you. That, that, is, that is the reality of the situation. And so I would work with her on what exactly those fears are and kind of parse out what the practical part of that is and where we can expand and level up those other parts that she wants to bring in. Mm -hmm. And my sense is in just our conversation that the level up is like the image that I have in my head is the group of people that she wants to have lunch with. That's actually a level down for her, right? That's like bringing herself down to a different level where she's a leader, right? She's an HR leader. So how do we take what she is and level it up to help everybody else come up to her level, right? Who do we bring in? What workshops can she initiate? What groups can she sponsor? What other activities can she bring in to really show the leadership level of who she is and what she brings to the table so that people can come up to her level? Mm. Does that... that that makes a lot of sense. I think a lot of people, even if they're not in HR listening to this, can kind of reflect that. It's almost like, to me, you're almost creating your own environment in, in, in your office, right? And if your environment is not the place for you, then you maybe think about your own environment, right? Maybe maybe what you're doing is fine. It's just not the right energy, the right place or whatever. And I, I, I'm going to pass this on. If she hasn't listened to this episode, she's going to. Uh, now, awesome. I know one of the things like, Okay, intuition in general, all right, for just for just the rest, the intuition 101, you know, obviously we, we hear our intuition, follow our gut, you know, that type of thing. But what really is intuition, especially at work? What does that look like? 
Yes. Yeah, so the way I talk about intuition is is a skill set, right? And so we all have the ability to receive an information in other ways besides audio hearing it, somebody telling us something, or reading it, right? As humans, we have perceptive abilities that go beyond those two senses, right? Body language maybe, but but in body language, you know, there's that that's a tactile kind of response and a visual response. There's energy related to that, right? And there's energy related to different situations and that holds information, right? So we receive an information in all these other seen ways, if you will. Mm -hmm. And each of us has a different ability to do that in different ways that we do that. And so listening to your intuition is learning how you receive in that information and then trusting that information. Well, give me an example. So let's say you are giving a presentation or you're in, let's say, yeah, let's say you're giving a presentation and, you know, you can feel that it's just not connecting. It's, it's not just landing for whatever reason. You're not feeling that energy. Is that part of intuition? Is that what you're saying? Is you're picking up on the energy of a room? 100%. That's definitely part of intuition. And like for me, the way that I work with my clients is before you gave that big presentation, we would talk about, all right, I want you to feel into who these people are. What kind of information do they want to receive? Why are you there? What is actually your purpose? Yes, the title of your presentation is X, but you know your gifts are Y, Z, and W right and so you know you're there to communicate your gifts and share your gifts and so how in the title of x your presentation do you really let your gifts come through and shine mm -hmm. and you know honestly 10 out of 10 that means that that's a hundred percent going to land with the people that you're giving your presentation to does that make sense yes yes for sure and okay, let's let's say you're let's let's switch places and you're on the other end and you know you're attending these meetings and you feel you know like you know we you want to say something something's not right whatever again it, and you hold back because for whatever reason again is that the intuition that's the skill you recognize it but you're not doing anything about it. Well, okay, so then there's more layers to dive into, right? And so one is that you recognize it, right? So you have an inner desire to speak. And nine times out of 10, the people that I'm working with, it's going to speak about something that's righteous, that's something that needs to be corrected, that's something that needs to be more inclusive, that's missing the point, that is off the mark. Most of that, you know, like maybe it's a little disruptive, maybe it's a little bit different than the way people have done it in the past. Like you recognize that what's being shown is not what's going to be successful, whatever all that is. Okay. But, you know, you have some fear, right? You've spoken in the past, you've been shut down or not listened to. Nobody else speaks up in the meetings. You are uncomfortable for whatever reason. And so the practice that we go through, right, is understanding those fears, feeling into those fears, working through what that is, clearing out whatever that limiting belief is, 
and then allowing you to connect more deeply to what that voice is, what the truth behind that voice is, and then how to share that with clarity, so right, you, and ease. Could, could you give us like an example? Maybe it doesn't have to be a big example of, yes, okay, you're, you're, those are some great things. And I'm sure that people will, you know, over time maybe learn, but like, what could people take away today that recognize, how do you, rec I, I say recognize, but how do you even recognize? I mean, what does that even mean? And how do you recognize your fears? Like, what does that look like for a person? How do they start to, to develop that skill? Yeah. Oh, one is just listening, right? And so I come from a practice of yoga where outer listening is first so that you refine your ability to inner listen. So listening practices and listening meditations are really a beautiful way to start to begin to listen and hear what your inner voice is, right? And so in these situations, lots of times it comes up as emotion, right? Like you get pissed off that you just sat through another hour long presentation of stuff that isn't gonna work, right? And so then you spend the next afternoon like super pissed off and trying to figure out how you can let that go, right? So that's an indication, like you have something that wants to come forward, right? Like there's more there for you to listen to than just being frustrated with your outer environment. Does so, that, is that yes. helpful? Okay, so listening meditations. How we talk a lot about different types of meditation. There's somatic meditation where you're like feeling things. Listening meditation. What does that mean? What does that look like? What does that yoga practice look like? Because you always um, hear start from within, but you say kind of start, listen, and then bring it in. Yeah. So from a yoga practice, it is listening to all of the instructions, not looking at somebody and copying what they do but listening to what they say and moving your body as you listen to the instructions. So in a yoga practice, that's what that looks like. In a, in a meditation practice, probably one of my most favorite ones is when you're traveling, when you're in an airport, right? And there's lots of noise and there's lots of chaos, right? And so if you close your eyes and you start to listen, right? And so you listen, to the things that are closest to you. You listen to the things that are loudest, right? And then you start to settle in and listen to the things that are more subtle, that are maybe further away or quieter, right? And then you settle in a little bit more and you expand your awareness a little bit more and you listen even more and see what else you can hear what else you can perceive, what else you can pick up on, right? And so that's a way to take like, and it's a good practice because honestly, most of our heads are super noisy and busy. So if you can take your awareness and like take it all in and bring it down to the subtlest level, right? Then that's a practice when you go in in a place that's quiet, and you're listening to what's going on in your head, right? Same practice, right? Okay, you hear all the noisy things, you hear the irritating stories, you hear the repetitive patterns. And then how do I settle in and listen to what's below that? How do I settle in and listen to what's behind that? What's behind the frustration? What's underneath the anger, right? And that's a process of listening and settling. 
I really like that because, you know, so much about meditation is trying to be quiet and like tune everything out. And especially like you're traveling and you're sitting there. It's so practical. It's like a practical tool to use. So I definitely thank you so much for that. Now, do you have an example on your website or of one of these practices that, that people could listen to? I do. I have a whole series of free meditations. Okay. So yeah, you can totally go in and do that. I definitely want to check that out, but it sounds like with listening, you don't even need it to be guided. You can just sit there and listen to the world around you. So you don't even need a guided meditation in that case. Exactly. It's okay. one of the reasons why I love it. Cause you can do it anywhere, right? You could, you know, nature is a beautiful place in Costa Rica. You know, you listen to all the birds and the water and the wind, you know, like <laughs> you can do it anywhere. So before we started recording, Dana was talking about her retreat. So you do retreats. You do have one to Costa Rica coming up this year in 2023. I think you said it was October or November. November. And you also have this alignment circle. So if people wanted to connect with you, is that still something that people can get involved with? And tell 100%. us a little bit about that. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. I do it once a month and we do it with the full moon. So the full moon is just a high energy time a month. Lots of people like to, well, you know, again, we're in this kind of, modern world where oftentimes we feel separate from nature. So, you know, aligning and doing practices that align with the rhythm and flow of nature help us to remember our own nature, right, as part of nature. So we do it at the full moon, this high energy time. And the practice is an energy alignment practice. So it is a circle practice. But the meditation and the guided meditation that we do helps you come into alignment with your own energy, come into alignment with your own truth, and then going through one of the basic processes that I work with to clear out whatever block is showing up for you most fully in that moment and how to clear that block, realign with your purpose, your truth, and move forward through the rest of the month from there. That's great. I'll make sure everybody has that information in the show notes. And the last thing I wanted to ask you was you you mentioned you have a favorite self-care practice. Briefly, could you tell us what that is? I, I could take a guess, but I'm not going to. I have a favorite self-care practice. I mean, my favorite self-care practice probably is meditation, but also getting a tuning fork session myself, I would say. That's probably one of my favorite self-care practices. But time for me is super important. Like I really need that time to reconnect and listen and uh, settle. Well, thank you so much, Dana, for joining us today. It was really helpful. I can't wait to go to somewhere busy and try out the meditation. <laughs> I mean, that's, I, I can't wait to go on a trip or something and being in a busy airport with the yeah. things coming up over the, over the speakers and all that. Yeah, let me know how it goes. I want to hear. Wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you have an extra second, leave us an honest review over on iTunes or your Apple podcasting app. And until next time, my friends, keep that brain of yours happy.